Hello, everybody. It's time for the Sam and the Big Man NFL podcast. Without any further ado, welcome Sam Zickman. G'day, Zick. How are you, mate? Uh, g'day, Dave. I'm going very well, mate. I'm, uh, I'm excited off the back of what's been three incredible days of American football. Well, obviously, we talk about the NFL on this podcast every week, but also uh, the college football championship game, which was held today uh, down in Miami. At Hard Rock Stadium. So we'll go to that first, everybody. Um, Alabama were strong favourites to win uh, Nick Saban's seventh uh, national title. And in fact, they won and won well. 52-24 over Ohio State in what's been an extraordinary college season. They've actually done very well to get football at all. Uh, Mac Jones, 36 of 45, 464 yards with five touchdowns. Devontae Smith, 12 receptions, 215 yards, three touchdowns and a broken finger or two but a dominant performance by the dominant, let, it must be said, uh, Sam, the dominant college football side of a full generation, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, death, taxes and Alabama football, David. It's unbelievable the way they go about it. They just they just win and they win big games. And as we saw today, they win them comfortably. They were just a, they're a cut above. And they made a, a look a very good Ohio State team. They obviously played eight games for the season because of COVID, but they made them look second rate. They just they played with them for the majority of the game. They've got um, you know Devonta Smith. I mean, he's a buzz. I can't wait to see him at the NFL. And it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for Alabama, they're just an unbelievable team. And they dominated today. I know that it was you know, it was score for score for the first quarter and a half, but they're just they're unbelievable. They? I don't know what you thought watching the game, but they. They're just a, they're a machine. Look, they're dominant. They're big. They're one of the very few college football fr- um, uh, universities that is run like an NFL side. Um, I I can actually see Smith going in the top five or six of the draft, Sam, when he goes there. I genuinely can. Uh, he is dynamite. And I would think that there are teams in the bottom half of the draw that will be after him like you wouldn't believe. A little bit like Julio Jones when he came out of college, Sam, would be my sort of um, thinking there, but they are superb. Um, you know, they did it easy in the last The last quarter was almost a coronation, but they scored 28 points in the second quarter. Um, it was 14 all at one stage, to be fair to the Buckeyes, and then the Crimson Tide just put the foot down. They are so an amazing... If you think about it in comparison to someone like, say, Kelvin Ridley, who came out of the, the college system a few years ago, he, the body of work that he put together... Is not, I guess, not really in comparison to the body of work, um, you know, that, that Devonta Smith put together. And so I, I would expect that he'll go. I agree. He goes top five, and if a team's already got a number one wide receiver, they'll either make him a number two or they'll look to trade him for assets and bring this kid in because he's he's special and he was uncoverable today. And it was a clinic. I tell you what, I thoroughly enjoyed watching him play today, and I'm looking forward to watching him run around the NFL. I don't think he's going to get the pick ten for my Cowboys, even though we're loaded at wide receiver. But yeah, he's uh, he's going to be good to watch for the next fifteen years, David. Yeah, it'd be fascinating to see teams like Jacksonville, Atlanta, with Jones getting on a bit, the New York Jets, um, Cincinnati. There's other teams there, and and uh, quite and without being disrespectful, quite a few of the teams in the NFC East, Sammy. Dallas, Philly, um, the New York football giants, you can all see them thinking that this bloke, the, the last really great receiver that the Giants drafted was Odell Beckham Jr. So you can see that one of those sides would be very, very interested in this bloke. And also, 
I can imagine that Bill Belichick would be very interested in him coming to New England, Sam. So draft order we've got coming up. I think we, we think that Jacksonville's obviously going to take the quarterback and yes. I'll take Trevor Lawrence. I would expect the Jets will take Justin Field, but I saw saw a mock draft that had him going 15 today to New England, which I think is crazy. That's crazy. Um, from, from Todd McShay, who's normally very, very good. I think it was Todd McShay who put that out, the first mock draft. Um, but you've got a team like Atlanta, and I know I mentioned Kelvin Ridley. Atlanta are pick four. Imagine imagine Devonta Smith and Kelvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Oh, Matt, just... Matt Ryan would be licking his chops. It's crazy. And then you've also got Houston, although they tra- I think they trade the, the third pick that actually goes to the Dolphins. So even the Dolphins could take him at three and give Tua uh, a quarterback, to, uh, sorry, a wide receiver to throw to. It's going to be the draft is going to be amazing this year. But yeah, I thought his performance today, David, was one for the ages. And, and as we mentioned, Alabama, they're just, you know, Nick Saban, I don't know how many championships would just, just roll through for, for Alabama. But yeah, it's amazing. And of course, he also won one when he was at Louisiana State University. So he's an amazing coach. On to the NFL with the soup, the first ever Super Wild Card weekend. And what a weekend it was, Sam. Some amazing results. Redden, Zickman and Redden, I must admit, picked five of six. So I'm very pleased with that, just quietly, we, Sammy. And, and, not, and, and we didn't go chalk, David. We picked the Browns to upset the Steelers, and they, they did. And we'll talk about that game and, and the amazing occurrence that happened in the first 15 minutes. But... I think we're pretty good, David, and I think we'll put our heads together and we'll we'll, um, we'll probably we'll probably go pretty close to picking uh, all four this weekend as well. But yeah, interesting results they were. What a great two days of NFL! Absolutely, I'll be very interested to see who you pick between Tampa and New Orleans because I think that's going to be fascinating. Um, in order, ladies and gentlemen, here were the results: Buffalo squeaked home over to Indianapolis, twenty-seven twenty-four in Buffalo. And this is the next game is the one game that Zickman and Redden didn't pick was the Rams in Seattle. We both picked Seattle at home due to only the home field advantage. The Rams 30 did it well over Seattle 20. The Buccaneers 31 over Washington 23, but I do think that Washington may have unearthed a very, very capable quarterback who was their fourth quarterback this year. The Ravens, I watched a lot of this game quite impressive over the Titans. They shut down Derrick Henry, and I don't think anybody else in America thought they could have done that. The Saints were average, but defeated Chicago 21-9, and big changes coming in Chicago. And then in the late game yesterday, I'm still stunned by what happened. Cleveland 48. They put 48 on the 12-4 and Steelers, who finished 37. We will talk about this game, but it was an amazing game of football. Sammy, let's go back to game one. Buffalo just held on to a very game and gallant Indianapolis, 27-24, and they get another home final. Buffalo and Indianapolis. Sam Zickman. Look, it started our NFL weekend with a with a really close game. We both picked Buffalo, and I thought they'd do it a little bit more comfortably than they did. But in all honesty, I, I don't think that's a bad thing for this Buffalo team. Besides the... The Hale Murray game they lost maybe six weeks ago. They, they've pretty much had it all on their own terms for a number of weeks. And Josh Allen's obviously been you know, a lot of praise has been heaped on him. And Stephon Diggs, who had another exceptional game, have had a lot of praise heaped on them. And they haven't really had to battle it out against a you know against a plucky Colts outfit. Obviously, Phil Rivers, and we'll see what he does yep. in the off season. I expect 
you know, he'd probably want to come back to this team, but we'll wait and see what happens with them and what they do in the draft and whether they can pick someone else up. But I thought this was great for them. I think it'll it'll actually serve them really well moving forward. They pulled the win out when there were times where they weren't playing great football, probably the, the poorest performance they put in for a while. But, I mean, having said that, that's the that, that's the measuring stick, isn't it? The way that we now look at Josh Allen, he's you know, throwing for 324 yards, two touchdowns, and Stephon Diggs had 228 yards and one touchdown. And we're saying that they, they didn't have an amazing performance, but that's just the, the, the level we hold them on now. But look, overall, David, I, I thought they, they were challenged and responded well and won a playoff game. And, and that can't be underestimated. I don't know what your opinion was on this one. No, they've done enough. They did enough, and I thought Indianapolis were terrific. Far, That was a far closer game than I thought it would be, and Indianapolis didn't freeze. They played good football. There was a fascinating article on ESPN today written by Bill Barnwell, who's a terrific writer, going through what Frank Reich did, the head coach of Indianapolis, in making some decisions, and he actually supported his decisions. Indianapolis actually had a chance to go for field goal to tie the game up didn't take it, and they end up losing. Interestingly, you were talking there, Sam, about the quarterback situation in Indianapolis. Um, the uh, developments at Philadelphia today have actually got some uh, direct result, d- direct um, uh, actions towards Indianapolis. Of course. Yeah. Right. Of course. D- D- Doug Peterson getting flicked past by Philly may mean that Carson Wentz stays there. I thought that Vince was a chance to go to Indianapolis, but perhaps not now. Uh, we'll talk well, about yeah, that shortly. Because, yeah, Frank Reich obviously got you'd almost uh, look. You know, maybe we're doing Doug Peterson a disservice, but the Carson Wentz's performance since Frank Reich has left has been uh, night and day, uh, and, and not in a good way, obviously. Um, so yeah, that would have been an interesting wrinkle if that didn't happen. But yeah, I think a lot of pressure came on Philly during the week after their performance in the, in the last quarter last week, but. Yeah, good start to the weekend, wasn't it, David? We weren't expecting a three-point tussle the first game on uh, on Sunday, but we got it. Correct. The next game was fascinating. Russell Wilson's crop copped a lot of criticism for his performance here. Um, John Wolford started the game for Los Angeles and went off with a serious neck injury or what looked like it. Jared Goff came in when it was satisfactory. Los Angeles' defensive performance was excellent. The LA Rams travelled to Seattle and beat them 30-20. Uh, however, getting himself a game in the frozen tundra, but the Rams are still alive, Sammy. The Rams won this game off a, off a, a couple of elements of their play, David. One, their defense. Yes. Aaron Donald, an unbelievable player, but he's also under a really injury cloud yep. now. Saw that. So, so we'll see what happens with him, and if he's not there, that changes everything for the Rams. We talked about on the on the potty last week. We talked about the the quarterback play for the Rams, and we're unsure whether Jared Goff is actually the best option for this team moving forward. And, and I actually think John John Wolford was a better better prospect, uh, which we talked about briefly, and it looked that way. And then obviously he got injured, but uh, Jared Goff came in and did the job. Cam Akers. I would say that he's just rounding into being an outstanding running back. Oh, 100%. Um, he was outstanding. I, I've had the pleasure of watching a lot of these games this weekend down here on the South Coast with family, and I thought Akers was almost untouchable. Yeah, he just he's just becoming a really solid running back, David. He's, he is. I, I would say he's, he's blossomed uh, under the, the offense that he's playing in. You know, that, and he in some ways benefits from Jared Goff because... As we've talked about previously, Jared Goss, the, the, the master of reading the defense, and he can, that, that's something he does really well. He doesn't run himself, Jared Goff, and that's, and Wolford obviously does run, but where Jared Goff excels is that 
you know, he can he can assess when the right time is to, to pass it off, and he does a run pass option really well. And I think Cam Akers benefits from that. Um, and 131 yards and another touchdown. He's yeah, credits him, and he's probably one of the ones. You know, Cooper Cup had a good game, and Robert Woods, besides having a really bad drop, managed to put together you know 50 yards and, and a really really good catch at one point. But I can't. I'm not sure whether the Rams can get through this week, but they certainly um, spotlighted the fact that the Seahawks again, David, have just um, fallen out of the playoffs when they, um, you know, earlier than they should have. I'm, I'm looking ahead here. The, the Rams have got Green Bay. This is a Saturday game in America, and the temperature is supposed to be um, minus seven minimum to zero maximum, which for Green Bay in January is actually quite pleasant. Um, but yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about them if Donald's injured. That worries. That's a big concern. He's but, unbelievable the way the way he puts pressure on it. And even if he doesn't get to the quarterback, they're so conscious of where he is on the field. It throws their game off. Correct. The fact that they've got a rushing game and a good defence will serve them well um, in at Lambeau Field, but we'll talk about that shortly. The next game was one that we both tipped. Um, certainly didn't think that Taylor Heineke would play such good football. He was terrific for a young bloke. I thought Tom Brady was very, very good for Tampa. He stuck it to a couple of his receivers who missed routes, but Tampa win 31-23, probably saved Bruce Arians his job and get a nice trip to lovely, warm New Orleans at an indoor stadium this weekend to play New Orleans. That, that's another that's another t- target. But the Bucks 31-23, Sammy. Oh, match of the week coming up this week with Tampa Bay and New oh. Orleans, and we'll touch, we'll touch on it towards the end of the potty. But Tampa Bay's just got a glutton of receivers to throw the ball to. Um, Mike Evans, who came up for the game, and thank God he did for Tampa Bay in the end. You know, he's, just, he's a wonderful target. Cam Bray, who... Um, Tom Brady's in the media said he's got the best hands in football, which is a pretty good credit for for him as, a, as a, obviously a tight end. And he you know, had four receptions for eighty yards. Um, I thought Washington were plucky. I agree. I think yep. Heineke's Heineke's their future. If that's, I think Alex Smith's. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if he'll retire, but I would suggest that's probably the end for him. And, and credit to him for getting back. Even he'll probably be the comeback player of the year this year, which he deserves to be. But yeah, Washington might have stumbled into their quarterback of the future. Seven and nine record to be competitive in the first round of playoffs is all they can really ask for. And Tampa Bay moves on, and we'll see what they can do against uh, against New Orleans this weekend. I thought that the, the Washington football team were very, very capable and competent. I thought they stuck it to Tampa. I thought they showed big ticker. Um, Washington's got salary cap issues. I don't think there's any way that uh, um, Smith will stay. It, it is a possible landing position for Carson Wentz. Um, so that's a really interesting one. But no, uh, the Buccaneers did enough. Fournette with 93 yards. And he has got some real weapons, hasn't he, Brady, with guys like Evans and and uh, and Antonio Brown. And Gronkowski was very quiet as well. But very good performance from Tampa and a good performance from Washington in being... And, and good to see Antonio... I mean, Antonio Brown's had a check and pass, but look, good on him for getting a touchdown. Uh, in the game, and even Fournette was there to get him four receptions. Scotty Miller, who I think is a really underrated receiver for Tampa Bay, you know, he just can't seem to find touches because he just doesn't get targets, to be honest, because there's so many other people in front of him. But look, that was good. I think Washington's got a lot to look forward to. Chase Young's an incredible young defender, potentially going to be the next Aaron Donald, the next um, the next defensive presence. Uh, so if Washington can get themselves out of quarterback, then they're in good shape. But the Buccaneers move on and we get to see the, the showdown of two of the goats. We do indeed. 
The next team that won in chronological order, I think, are one of the most dangerous teams in all of America right now because they are on and up. The Baltimore Ravens headed to Nashville and won 2013. Lamar Jackson, 179 yards in the air, 136 yards on the ground. If you watch repeat coverage of his touchdown, he he's just an amazing talent. But the most important thing that happened here was Baltimore shut down Derrick Henry unbelievably well. And I would reckon that Buffalo are having hissy fits worrying about the Baltimore Ravens right now. The key in the game was what happened with Derrick Henry. We know that, so these two teams, David, obviously faced off in a similar week in the playoffs last year and Derrick Henry just crushed crushed the Ravens and I think that was a huge play for them. His, his yards after contact were heavily reduced. They stacked the box. I mean, it was so evident watching the, the defense that, that the Ravens threw at, at the time. It was that they just stacked the box all day long. They basically said, choose someone other than Henry to beat us. And if you do, so be it. And they couldn't. Um, Lamar Jackson played really well. Um, I, I think in watching this game, and I actually went back and watched the fourth quarter because I was just really, really unsure of you know some calls that the Titans made. But David, I'm not sure whether you remember, it was in the fourth quarter and the Titans had a... It was because I went back and watched it. It was a second and two at the forty-yard line. They were down by four points and probably eleven-minute mark of the fourth quarter. And Vable made the decision to throw it twice and then punt at fourth and two, down four in the fourth quarter. Which I thought was just a horrible decision at the time. And was watching. There's been a lot of media about it, and it just indicated the thinking that I was having. That I just don't understand why you do that. I know Derrick Henry was getting shut down, but you've got a two-thousand-yard running back and you and you choose to throw it twice and punt it fourth and two. I just I think that was a sign of weakness. I think it was a it, it potentially didn't fill his team with confidence and may have may have cost them a game. Maybe not. Maybe just the Ravens are the form team of the competition and everyone should be worried about playing it. But I thought that was a really interesting decision um, that the Titans made and, and potentially was the wrong call in, in that particular circumstance. Couldn't agree more, Sam, and I was watching, and it was uh, very interesting. Some of the decision-making was a little bit errant. On to probably the most, um, I suppose, underwhelming game of the lot in New Orleans. Uh, the Saints 21 defeated Chicago 9. Jubilee used uh, to th- 265 yards and two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara from New Orleans, who'd missed the week before with COVID, who's also an Alabama graduate, Sam Zickman, 99 yards. New Orleans doing enough, really, keeping it tidy, shutting down Mitchell Trubisky and uh, getting themselves another home final. Solid performance by New Orleans without being spectacular. Spectacular, Sam? Solid, solid, David. I agree with this game. In in consideration with the rest of them, we'll just say solid on the Saints. They got the job done, but the storm's coming for them in Tampa Bay and we'll see how they stand up against it. Drew Brees, uh, this this could be his last campaign, so... I think he's almost done, David. And when we come to our tips later on, I might tip my hand as where I think Drew Brees is at. Look, those tips will be very interesting. The last game does deserve a little bit of examination, particularly (laughs) after the quite... I watched a lot of this game and I quite simply could not believe the first quarter and what actually eventuated. Just to let you know the scores, ladies and gentlemen, Cleveland won 48-37 over Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Remember, they're divisional rivals, and Pittsburgh's always been a good defensive side. Cleveland's put 48 on them. They've scored 28 in the first quarter, three picks and a, and a botched um, 
shotgun pass. And they won and looked pretty competent in doing so. They ended up letting Ben Roethlisberger throw for 500 yards um, off 47 throws. Baker Mayfield, excellent. 21 of 34, 263. Nick Chubb, 76 yards. But Sam, please talk us through what ended up being an amazing game of football. Cleveland, 48. Pittsburgh, 37. David, I was in shock watching this game. I know we've we had a little bit of a, almost a laugh about this first 15 minutes of this game, but it's just, if Baker Mayfield had put his head on the pillow the night before and dreamed about what was going to happen in the game, I don't think he could have even come up with a scenario that happened. You know, we had Pouncey throw the ball over Rothenberg's head and Rothenberg's a tallest quarterback in the league. And, yep. you know, then, then he stood there and looked at it with James Conner on the one-yard line. Neither of them picks the ball up and, you know, they slide into the end zone and suddenly 15 seconds in, it's it's 7-0, Browns. And then Rosselberg went, went on to throw just you know, into strange interceptions. Um, and, and we hit the quarter-time mark, and not even the quarter-time mark, and we're 28-0, Browns. Yep. I just, I couldn't believe that. I thought that, you know, when we, when we assess Ben Roethlisberger and the way you know, he put his performance together, you know, he had 47 completions through for 501 yards, but he had four touchdowns and four interceptions. It's just the most bizarre stat line that I've probably ever seen in a game of football. And, and the Browns, I know we, we, we've, we often talk about the, the, the defences that some of these teams play. I mean, we've, we've talked about Curry Zeros, but the Browns went almost to like a prevent defence after, you know, Half time, and it was a really strange way to go about it. But you know, you almost can't blame them considering the lack of practice they had during the week and the fact that their head coach was on a COVID list and couldn't be at the game. You know, they they almost had to just uh, batten down the hatches and expect Pittsburgh to come back, which they did. But that 15 minutes of NFL was just one of the most strange and, and amazing in some ways. 15 minutes, David, I don't know what you thought, but that was. Oh, geez, that was a crazy 15 minutes. I watched a lot. Look, Cleveland's had a franchise that's been, you mentioned this last week, been a failure for most of its life. That's the biggest win they've ever had. To have that happen with all of those players and their head coach out with COVID and to put almost 50 on the steel curtain is utterly ridiculous. It was a ridiculous first quarter. Remember that after the first quarter, Pittsburgh won the game 37-20. Um, Sam Zickman has spoken often before about Roethlisberger throwing so many times. Well, I'm not sure if a stat line of four picks and four touchdowns is good. You'd probably rather 3-1 and one or 3-0 and oh or 2-0 and oh even. But look, Cleveland did go to prevent defence. They were 28-0 up. They did what they did had to to get the game done. And hopefully they get all their people back, including their head coach. They've got a massive, a massive task. I don't think they can beat Kansas City down there. But what a performance from the Browns. We both tipped that they'd win. Neither of us were very convinced with Pittsburgh. And we ended up being right. But a superb performance from Cleveland. You cannot take away from them scoring 48 points against the Steel Curtain. Quite ridiculous. Absolutely not. Credit to, credit to the Browns. And, and they get to live on and... The Steelers, who had their challenges in the second half of the, half of the season, after going 11-0 to start, are, are gone in week one. And, and to be honest, in some ways, and I think the reason why both of us saw the grounds were a chance, I don't think either of us saw it happening the way it did in the first quarter, but we both saw some susceptibility that the Steelers yeah. had um, in their last six weeks. And, and in some ways, the you know, 
it all came to fruition because the Steelers just they they did what the Steelers do. They passed too much. They had no running game, and um, they're just unbalanced. They are, and their their rushes their rushing was shut down to almost nothing for the entire game. So that forced the ball into Roethlisberger's hands. I must admit that after um after quarter time, he was actually pretty good. You know, if 500 yards is getting into, I think the top yards ever in the history of the NFL in any game is 554, and he's thrown for 501 in a final. But um, no, they were forced into it. Well done, Cleveland. On to this weekend, some absolutely massive matchups. On... Oh, bring it on, bring it on, David. Wow. Oh, absolutely. So Sunday morning, Australian Eastern Daylight Time for our American listeners, and to those of you listening to us, listening to us in the United States, we hope you're all safe and thank you for listening into our podcast. So this is Sunday morning Australian time, Saturday uh, American time. Los Angeles head to the frozen tundra to play Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Then after that, Baltimore head to Buffalo. So two cold weather games, one after the other on Saturday. Then on um, Sunday American time, Monday morning Australian time, Cleveland head to an enormous task of playing Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City with most of Kansas City's best players having three weeks rest. Uh, Cleveland play Kansas City first and then Tampa have New Orleans for the last game of the weekend. Sam, Los Angeles at Green Bay first. I think LA is a chance, but who do you think is favoured to win? So in this particular game, I, I just think that the Packers are going to have too much for the Rams. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is priming himself, David, for a run here. I think he sees, you know, he's, he was spurred on by the by the Packers taking a quarterback with their first pick this year, and, yep. and he's put together an, an, an amazing season. I don't know if he'll get the MVP. I think Mahomes probably deserves it, even though people just seem to underrate everything that Patrick Mahomes does, and we'll talk about his game in a little bit. But I think the Packers will have too much. Um, I think the key to the game here is going to come down to whether um, whether they can they can limit Aaron Rodgers' ability to hit up his receivers. I, I just don't know whether they can. I think Devontae Adams is such an outstanding receiver. I think that he'll be the game winner for the Packers this weekend. Aaron Donald being available might be the wild card to give the Rams a chance. But if Donald's even if Donald's plays but is not at hundred percent, then I, I think the Packers are going to be too good enough. Yeah, I'm on the Packers side, David, for this one. Look, um, I tend to agree. I think the fact that it'll be thirty two Fahrenheit at the start of the game actually plays in Los Angeles hands. That's actually quite bearable for Green Bay in January. I just worry Donald's clearly going to go in and play wounded and Donald will play because that's the type of guy he is. Um I think that Green Bay will make every attempt to get to Goff early. And as you say, um, Goff's reasonable, but he's not great. He's a good quarterback, but he's not great. Um, and Rodgers is in pristine form at the moment. So, look, I, I think we agree. I think we both tip Green Bay. Um, I'm going to tip Green Bay by one touchdown, which is seven points. I think they're, they're good enough um, to get through to the next week. Uh, who they play the following week will be fascinating, but I think that this is the one op- the one opponent who's left in the NFC that Green Bay would be comfortable playing. Personally, it's funny how we've, we've ended up. And if you look at the playoff matchups, we've got the the old guard versus the new guard. We've got the NFC with Rogers, with Brady, with Breeze, and then you've got the AFC that's got Lamar, you've got Josh Allen, 
Mayfield and you've got yep. the, the Hall of Famer, Patrick Mahomes. So you've got the old versus the new, and obviously the Rams are kind of the, the odd man out uh, in the NFC. But I agree, I think the Packers will sit back pretty comfortably. And the weather, I think that they would have, Aaron Rodgers loves playing in, in the snow, he doesn't have any problem with it. But yeah, I think that'll slight edge Rams. But yeah, Packers for me, David, and I think, yeah, touchdown, touchdown's a fairly safe bet. The next game's very hard to pick. This is the late game on Saturday American time, Sunday morning Australian time, and I guarantee I'll be watching this game. Baltimore at Buffalo, honestly, anything's possible. Sam, how do you see this game going? This is the match of the week. Yeah, no doubt. doubt. 100%. And I know we love to see the old guys go at it. We love to see Tampa Bay and the Saints and... And, and Brady and Breeze, but this is the game. This is the one that I'll just, I won't, there won't be a second I won't be watching this game because it's going to be the best game of the playoffs uh, to date. And obviously, Mahomes will have something to say about that later on. But I tossed and turned on this one. I really, really did. I actually, I actually am going to back what I've seen from Josh Allen over the last six weeks. And I'm going to say that the Buffalo is going to have a little bit too much firepower. Uh, and they're going to limit Lamar Jackson because that's ultimately what they need to do. They need to limit Lamar. They need to stop his running and, and try and keep him under 100 yards rushing. Um, but I'll back in Josh Allen and I'll back in Stefan Diggs, who's been just an unbelievable pickup from Buffalo. I think they'll be too good, but this will come down to the. This will come down to almost has, who has the ball last. Oh, I'm for once. I think this is the first time in the playoffs I've disagreed with you. I think Baltimore's defence are outstanding. Um, it, they are on the up. They are a team with huge momentum. Um, I thought they were quite impressive in Nashville, and I'm going to tip them. I'm not sure that B- Buffalo can cover them with um, Baltimore's outstanding defence. I think that the way that they played against Derrick Henry, they'll have plans for Allen and Diggs. I, do, I think Diggs will have two men for company all day. And I think that Lamar Jackson's feet will get them home. I don't think it'll be high scoring. It'll be, probably be like 2013 like it was last weekend. But I'm going to tip Baltimore in somewhat of an upset there at Orchard Park. Yeah, I think that's fair, David. I think we're we're similar on the same line of a really close game. We've got a different we've got a different outcome at the end of the day, but I think we both agree that this one's going to be a a barn burner of a game. The next game, I think, is reasonably clear cut. I don't. I think Cleveland's done astonishingly well to get where they have. I mean that sincerely, but I don't think they can beat Kansas City. Not in a pig fit. No, I agree. This will be the this will be the game that'll be the and look. The way Patrick Mahomes has gone about his year is he really doesn't get interested until the game's up for grabs. But I'm hoping in the playoffs that we see playoffs Mahomes and they'll, they'll just have too much firepower for the Browns. But look, the Browns have got their playoff win and that's great for Cleveland. But yeah, they've ultimately in, in winning is what they've done is they've, they've sent the Ravens and the Bills into the other game, which is almost better for next week because we get to see one of those teams play against the Chiefs rather than seeing it uh, this week. Look, very mild weather in Kansas City on Sunday American time. It's seven degrees Celsius, which is quite reasonable. Um, you'll remember a couple of years ago that when the Patriots went there and beat them, it was like minus 15. It was freezing. It won't be too cold. And I think that that plays into Kansas City's hands. I can see them winning by 10 to 12. So Kansas City there, which leads us, Sam Zickman, to an epic, and I do mean epic, last game. 
Divisional rivals Tampa heading into the Louisiana Superdome to play New Orleans. Holy cow, there are so many things at play here. How do you see it going, Sam? <laughs> what a way to finish. We've got the, you'd almost say these are the these are the two goats uh, in the NFL. You've got the two time, or the best two passes in, in obviously in yards playing each other. You've got you know, Brady, um, who's put together a really solid year and an incredibly impressive second half of the year. You've got Breeze, who started like a house on fire and then obviously had the, you know, what felt like 47 broken ribs by the time they finished reporting on it um, after his performance earlier, and then he's come back and played well. But my thinking here is that the Bucks, David, have got too many weapons when they're up and going, and I think the Bucks are going to have too much firepower, and they're going to knock out the Saints, and it's going to be heartbreak for New Orleans again. They're not going to get to the championship game, and they're not going to get to the Super Bowl as they've you know, tried to get there in the last couple of years. But that's my pick, David. I think Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, just too much firepower. I think it'll be a Bay NFC Championship Series uh, final in Green Bay uh, in about 10 days' time, and I agree. I think Tampa will just prevail. Tampa were okay against Washington. Gronkowski was dormant. New Orleans played at almost inept Chicago and beat them by 12. Tampa will give them a lot more options. Tampa's had two opportunities to beat them this year and failed twice. They'll have had a lot of homework. They're divisional rivals, so they know each other pretty well. And I just think Breeze is a bit iffy. I can see Taysom Hill taking some snaps in New Orleans. But I think Tampa will win by seven, setting up an amazing uh, NFC Championship game, Tampa and Green Bay the week after. So here are our picks. Sam and David... We only disagree on one game, so we both have picked Green Bay over LA. We're, we're split, Baltimore and Buffalo. Sammy's gone Buffalo at home. I've gone Baltimore. We both think Kansas City will win well over Cleveland, and we both think the Tampa will beat New Orleans. Sam, was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we finish for tonight in what's been a very interesting and long uh, but focused podcast? <laughs> it has been a long one. We uh, we threw in the discussion about the, uh, the college football championship, which is lengthened out our normal podcast, but it was such an exciting three days of, of American football. We couldn't couldn't resist it. That's all from me this week, David. I'm like you, where I was really, really happy to see three games in the first week for each conference, and I hope the NFL brings that back moving forward. I'm really excited for these four games, and just can't wait to see in particular how the Ravens and Bills and the Bucks and Saints go, because I think the other two will be uh, maybe one-sided, but those two games in particular are going to be uh, amazing contests, and I would expect to be not knowing the winner until deep into the fourth. Hope so. Yeah, look, couldn't agree more. And I hope that they do stick with the Super Wildcard Weekend. I think, I think it opens up great possibilities. <laughs> Sam, thanks so much for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. Look forward to catching up with you next week, my friend. Thanks, Mr. Redden. Righto. On behalf of the great Sam Zickman, this is David Redden. That's the a wrap on the Sam and the Big Man NFL podcast for this week. We look forward to speaking to you next week as it gets to the pointy end of the season. Bye for now, everyone.